Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Straw maker, straw maker, make me a straw to fling when I'm cussing, cussing so raw. Straw maker, straw maker, and it's a straw me a fling when people then try a For Nigeria, I'll fling a straw out to Lizzie Regina. The monarchy are pricks for me. Well, I wouldn't holler if they would just give back our fucking things. Straw maker, straw maker, make me a straw to fling when I'm cussing, cussing so raw. Straw maker, straw maker, so straw me a fling when people then try a ting. Wow, the musical theatre jumped out. Wow. Yes, so that was Matchmaker from uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Um, If you don't know, I love musical theatre. And I guess like, you know, like you study things in life and then you realise that actually they come in really, really handy later on. I think that that's really what happened with me... um, you know, studying musical theatre at Brit School, that I did, at the time I fucking hated it. I did it by accident, you know. I thought that it was just going to be like, I'll do music, I'll do theatre and I'll do dance. I didn't realise that it literally meant musical theatre, like that. that's what I would be studying. Um, so yeah, I was a wild child during that time, but I it, it opened my eyes to so much. Um, and so yeah, I'm a big... Uh, fan of musicals but it's interesting because before I went to Brit school that's all I really did at secondary school I was in all of the plays and all of the plays because of Miss Parrot all of the plays were like musical theatre plays so I played Golda in uh, Fiddler on the Roof when we did that I played Henry Higgins when we did um, My Fair Lady I went to a girls school so I played Henry Higgins there and people thought I was so good playing Henry Higgins they thought I was a boy I don't know quite how to take that um, and I was a hot box girl in, um, what is it? Guys and Dolls. Was that, was that it? And even before that, um, when I was in primary school, I played Maria in West Side Story. Um, <laughs> I just think it's interesting, like mentioning all of these things, right? Because I'll be cussing, I'll be effing and blinding, but actually my musical theatre kind of repertoire is quite extensive. <laughs> But it's good to know all of these songs because then you can switch them up. Like, I remember I did one on here, what's it, um, On the Street Where You Live. That's one of my favourites. That was from Guys and Dolls, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Or it's, no, no. Was that My Fair Lady? Always muddle them up. But you know, they're they're absolutely big tunes, big tunes everywhere, and I um I love it. I live for it. I love all of the things. Uh, if you're wondering who's speaking, it is I, Kalechi. Don't fucking call me that. My name's Kalechi. In the Blood Clark place to be. Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right. Suck your mum. Woo. Glad to be back. Um, and if you're listening for the first time, welcome. Don't know where you've been. If you're back again, well, welcome. I'm loving that you return. So we're going to get into all of the things. I don't know, this morning I woke up and had this real kind of acute sense of being alive. I can't quite explain what I mean by that other than like, yeah, I just woke up being very, very aware that I'm alive and I'm having this human experience. It was really freaky, but at the same time, it was like my mind really zoned in on being here. And I think sometimes we zone out. Maybe somebody else out there understands what I'm trying to say. But I used to have it a lot as a child and it used to be so scary that I used to try to um, phase it out or tune it out. Um, Because when I sit there and I'm very, very still, I'm very, very aware that I'm alive. Um, I can't quite articulate it. Maybe I'll find a way to explain it more. But it's a very, very hyper awareness of being here right now and being like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? Oh, my God wow um yeah very freaky um so i went to the ear for eye uh premiere at the bfi london film festival uh yesterday because i record on a sunday so i went yesterday and it was brilliant i saw the play i I think i must have mentioned it on here i saw the play was it around 2018 at the royal court theater so it was great to see that they turned it into a film um, written and directed by Debbie Tucker Green. I think Debbie Tucker Green is so fucking incredible as a, like, a creative, as a playwright. Just, like, from random to ear for eye. There's something else that I watched as well, like, The Hanging. Yeah, I think it was The Hanging. Or oh, was it The Hand? Like, may Debbie can fucking write. Woo! My God. Um... So it was nice to be invited, actually, to come out and watch. And I wore my 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 green. Is it lime green? People kept calling it yellow. It's lime green, the dress that I wore to the event. And I wore my little cute shoes from Aquazura. Um, there are other shoes I've seen as well. I'm, I'm really, I love shoes a lot. I just don't get to really wear them. That's the issue. I really like um, a nice shoe, a nice bag. But I don't tend to get many bags. But in terms of shoes, I like getting shoes when I can. But, I mean, I've got some shoes that I bought at uni or just after uni. So that's 2009. Um, So as much as I like shoes, I think I kind of went in another direction and stopped buying so many heels. I started buying, like, like trainers and stuff. And obviously my Vibram Five Fingers for running. It's interesting. It's interesting, really. Because, you know, I was mentioning how I'm going into my 12th house perfection year. Um, well, based on the whole sign, if we're using the whole sign, uh, chart, if we're talking about astrology or whole sign houses or whatever, then yeah, I'm getting into my 12th house perfection year. And that's a year of like, well, the way that they describe it, it's like either like lots of hidden things, or maybe you travel quite a bit. I don't know. But it's just like, there's just this sense of things being like hidden and you're kind of preparing to sort of like emerge 
for your first house perfection year. So there's maybe lots of things that you're doing behind the scenes, but then in your first house perfection year, when you're 36, um, that then come to the light. You can see that. I feel like Lewis Hamilton is a great example of that. So last year, 2020, was his 12th house perfection year, and we're literally in lockdown. And he discovered so much about himself that was probably hidden from himself. And then now he's in his first house perfection year, and all the things that he's learning, he's actually putting into action with like the things that he's doing. I know that he did that like poem things on the t shirt with George the poet. That was interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like more things are coming to the fore based on the things that you learned in your 12th house perfection year. So that's why I find astrology um, so kind of like so interesting. And again, I implore you, if you are that way inclined, to go and find out about your chart because to simply go, oh, I'm a Virgo or I'm this, meaning that you only really know, like, imagine like, I can't leave if living is without you or should we do be do do imagine like a badass Mariah Carey song yeah but you only know can leave like you only know the first line it's obviously can't live I can't live but imagine all you knew is I can't live but you don't know the rest of the song. You might know the rough tune or the melody, but you don't know the rest of the words to the song. That's what it's kind of like if you only know your sun sign and you don't know the rest of your chart because you don't know the rest of the song. So it's kind of good to kind of like have that um, understanding, basically. Or like um, the Sagittarian mind, he gave the example of like your chart is to be looked at like a, a recipe for something like you're creating something with this recipe if you only know the individual ingredients in isolation and not how much goes in where and how you know depending on how you're mixing um, up the thing then you don't really the, the recipe can't bang basically because you don't know how to put everything together like you don't know like your final products won't really bang because you don't first of all you don't know all of the ingredients and how um they marry you only know one singular ingredient um so you do yeah so you you can't really figure out the potency based on the recipe that you're trying to execute um but for those of you who are like oh that's devil things that's devil things i can't i honestly can't do it um then leave it alone but i just thought i would make that suggestion but yeah if i was brilliant um, I had a really good time. I went with my baby girl, Diana. It was really good to uh, see that. I'm so annoyed though, because usually my skin is rather clear, right? But suddenly I had this breakout. I know it was because of stress. And also I've been eating some real stupid things. Um, so yeah, so my skin was just doing what it wants. Like my hormones were a bit higgy, but luckily Rotty came round and um, beat my face uh, before I went, and so overall, I looked like a cutie. It's always good to remember that I'm sexy. Um, yeah, just the PSA there. Um, yeah, and overall, it was it was it was a really great experience. Before that, the night before that, I went to a Coco, the restaurant. I went on a solo outing, and the food was really great. <laughs> I, I, I scrolled past somebody in my request who wrote something like. Um, that menu said, you know, uh, what is it? That menu said, kill all the animals or something. Kill them the fuck all. <laughs> something like that. Um, and it made me laugh because that, yeah, the menu is very, it's not, you know, vegan, vegetarian friendly at all. And here I go going, oh yeah, rah, 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 rah. 
but and then I go to this place to go and eat, and everything is just well, not everything because there were the the yeah, uh, what is it the Guinness bread and the yassa butter that was that was no sorry the vegan sorry the butter would have had dairy sauce. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed a cocoa. It's so pretty. And they actually got it right because when I went to Stork restaurant, right, there's this meal that they serve and they serve it on pebbles. And I honestly, for the life of me, I can't fucking understand why, because as far as I'm concerned, one of the rules that I like to follow is if that whatever's on the plate, I should be able to eat. So you can't put fucking pebbles on my plate and then I'm not able to eat it. And then if the, if the pebbles are there, what is their purpose? Are they there because they're warm and they're keeping the food warm? I don't get it because my food therefore was not warm. So yeah, that was a bit annoying. But in terms of a cocoa, they it was literally like art. I took so many pictures with my new Samsung. I've got two phones. Um, one's an iPhone and one's a new Samsung. Um, and the pictures just look so nice because sometimes I'll take a I'll make some banging food and then I'll take a picture of it on my phone and it looks like fucking shit. Even when I take pictures of myself on my iPhone sometimes, I'm just like, but no, when I looked in the mirror, I was paying. So what is this? How am I now looking like the frog and the prince? What the fuck? Or the princess and the frog, Abby? Mad, mad. In my eyes, when I use my eyes, I look like the princess and I look in the camera phone and I look like the frog. What the fuck? Um, so yeah, uh, took my pictures on my Samsung because it literally looked like work, like a work of art. Like each, it's a nine course tasting menu. Yeah, when I tell you, like by the fifth course, I was on the fucking ropes, mate. But that's because I ate before I went. I had this rant. No, it wasn't a random idea. Let's blame Audrey from the Receipts podcast. Just call me Audrey. Audrey was on Instagram Live the other day, and she was like, "Oh, I've got this recipe where I make." Um, mashed potatoes and um I use uh truffle oil after I make it I add truffle oil to the mashed potatoes and I thought you know what that sounds like a banger yeah so <laughs> bangers and mash <laughs> no anyway so I thought okay I'm gonna try that and it just got stuck in my head I think Audrey should go on MasterChef celebrity celebrity MasterChef Audrey should go she'd be a vibe like Audrey is so funny I think she should go on there and she likes cooking so yeah, I think she should go on. Audrey, if you're listening, go on Celebrity Master Chef, please. Um, so I wanted to make the truffle mash. So I made that and I made that with some lamb and um, it absolutely slapped. But I made it knowing full well, like a fucking idiot, that I was going for a nine course tasting menu in the evening. But because there was such a gap between when I made my food and when I was going, I thought, no, nah, I'll be fine. And sometimes these nine course tasting menus, the thing that they give you look like it looks like the size of an atom. Yeah, it looks like it's tiny. So I just thought mm, it's not going to get me like that. Nah, by the fifth course, I was on the fucking ropes, mate. So I had to kind of like slow down and have all of the courses. Um, and it was beautiful. I had like this scotch bonnet, lemon cordial as my soft drink. Um, yeah, I just had a really great time. It was a treat to myself. Um, I looked cute, um, cash. Had to wear my JW Andersons and I wore them with socks. No, did I? No, I didn't wear them with socks. When I went to the Black Minds Matter event on, when was that? Thursday evening to talk and be on the panel with Nicole Crenshaw and Marvin um, Harrison. I wore my JW Anderson with socks there and the pair of jeans and like a satin cream shirt. That looked you. Look at me doing fashion blogger. <laughs> but I, I guess you know, like I was, 
I got here in a really roundabout way. What I was really saying is that I feel like I've been given some respite to actually do up fashions for a little bit, you know, because I'm so deeply in work behind the scenes, right, in terms of shedding and doing all of this stuff, that I don't get to, like, dress the way that I, like, dress up the way that I would like based on the things that I actually have available to me in my wardrobe. Like, I've got lots of things that I just haven't worn. Um, so it's nice to get a break from like spirit, from the ancestors, where it's just like, oh yeah, you go ahead, girl, you can look cute for mm, five minutes, and then back to work. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was nice to kind of put put a few fits together and go out and um, have a great time. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend Akoko because um, that was cute. That was a vibe. It's black owned. It's owned by um, a, uh, this black guy. RG, um, and yeah, they've got, um, the head chef, I think it's a white guy, but really, really good, really, really, really nice stuff, I really enjoyed it, work of art, beautiful food, um, and not even beautiful gowns, just beautiful food, um, and drinks, the drinks were really nice, um, so yeah, anyway, that's what I've been up to, ear for eye, a cocoa, black minds matter, I've just been out here, sometimes I forget some of the things that I've done, or I'm doing, um, it's actually quite a lot. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's lots of things that I've forgotten that I have been doing, but you're probably going to see them come up or show up in the next few days or in the next couple of weeks, you'll see some of the other things that I've been doing as well. So yeah, a baby girl has been busy. Hmm. Okay, let's jump into the tarot for this week, um, and get on with the things so the tarot for this week is really interesting. When I was shuffling, the the word or the phrase that came to me was um, just keep going. So I feel like this is a special message for those who might just be having a really hard time right now because, um, you know, as well as, you know, it's mental health month as well, isn't it? Um, so who, those who might be having a really hard time right now, um, this felt like a message for you. So it might, this is really one of those ones where it might just not apply to everybody. Um, this is very specific for somebody who really needs it. So the, and it's funny because I, as I heard that, that, you know, um, just keep going, um, the cards that came out really like reflected that. So the first card that came out is the God of wands in reverse. So that's the King of wands in reverse. And then we've got the judgment card, that's 20, card 20. And then we've got the strength card in reverse, that's number eight, in reverse. And then we've got the four of cups. So really interesting message here. Like some of, some people right now feel like they've just, they want to give up on the fight. Like they're just so tired, they're over it all. They just can't really be bothered anymore. Um, they're just really tired, um, some people, it might even be like a deep depressive state as well, just because of everything that's happening and just feeling like, rah, I don't know how much longer I can hold out in doing all of this. Um, and that's why the judgment card came out. Like you've got to hang on, like you're not on your own. And I know that sometimes things can feel really, really lonely, but it's remembering that you are not on your own doing this. The fact that you're even able to listen to this right now is just that reminder. If um, spirit is going to be able to get through to you in any way whatsoever, they're trying to, you know, if spirit's going to be able to get through to you in any way whatsoever, your ancestors, your spirit guides are able to get through to you in any way whatsoever, you can take this 
like message as the sign that you are not alone like it can feel really fucking tough sometimes my god and it doesn't diminish the 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 impact or the severity of the things that you've been through they're just saying like don't give up because the judgment card i'm using the afro goddess tarot um card or the card deck right and they're going up these steps right and this card's come up quite a bit in the last few days but there, there is that collective energy of like we're working towards something that is going to take a while to get to but the destination is assured yeah um the victory is assured and that's what i see here like the judgment card the woman is wearing like a sheer kind of gown you can see her booty cheeks and then there's a big horn that's being blown um in the sky and she's walking up these there's lots of steps and she's walking up and then you can see at the top of the steps like just an opening that looks like almost like the world card like they're coming to the end of a cycle they're coming to the end of something but we're seeing an opening that looks like a beautiful garden peace abundance you know replenishment all of that but um you know, they're walking up the steps and there are quite a few steps ahead of them um, that they've got to walk up. But you can see the end. You can see where they're heading to in terms of the beauty of it all. I'm not talking like end to end, but I'm talking about just um, um, the end of this cycle of, of, of hardship that you feel like you're going through. I know like we hear about that saying often, but it's honestly remembering that this too shall pass. Like you've got to hang on in there. And the strength card in reverse, there is that um, energy of feeling like you just don't have the strength to go on. But you're also being shown that there are different ways to be strong. Uh, even if your previous energy was vast boss energy, like that's how you got things done, like with brute force. What's happening right now is showing you that you cannot use brute force to get the things that you want. Like life is not going to bend to your will in the way that you are probably used to before. You're going to be asked or you're being asked to tap into a different type of strength. A strength that is um, about vulnerability, a strength that is um, open to um, surrender. You know, there is strength in surrender. Like you can't, there is something about accepting situations as they are and then going now that I know what I'm dealing with this is where I'm going to go from here but to constantly try to not accept what is right in front of you and you're trying to circumnavigate it like well I don't have to accept that I'm going to find a way around this and I'm going to do it my way look Frank Sinatra tried a thing with their way or his way you can try a thing with your way yeah I guess so but you know the way that's going to slap the most spirit's way God's way yeah so the sooner that you're willing to be like, you know what, <laughs> I ain't got it, I ain't got it the way that I think I've got it, yeah, and you're allowing spirit to help you, you're allowing your spirit guides to help you, because at the moment I'm getting like the um, feeling like it's one of them things where you're doing this whole, I'm alone and nobody cares about me and I'm doing this by myself, and I'm not even saying that, again, to diminish what you're going through, it's very, it's a lot, but you are in that space of, I'm doing it by myself, I promise you, every breath in, every breath out, that is a collective energy, that is a collective effort from everyone that's come before you, that loves you and wants for your highest good. You're not doing a lot of these things alone. I promise you, you're probably doing like 5% of the actual work. 95% of it is being done by your spirit team, by God. Like, you are not doing as much work as you think you do. So if your 5% is so difficult, you know what? They're happy to take the rest. You know, if you're happy to take the rest of the, the burden from you, you've just got to hand it over. Um, you've got to accept help. And so 
I talk about like making sure before you speak to any other person or any other soul in the morning, saying the things that you want over your life, like speaking it into existence, making the first utterance of words in your day about the things, the good things that you want for your life and for your loved ones. Do that. We don't have to call it prayer, but just the first words that come out of your mouth should be the things that you want to see manifest in your life and give a time scale as well. Um, in terms of weeks, months, years, like give a time and be realistic. And by realistic, I don't mean like in terms of this reality, but don't be like, oh, by 5pm this afternoon, I want 20 million pounds. But I'm saying like, you know, let your soul guide you as to the time frame that would work for you. But also once you've done that, you've got to have the strength of spirit to let things go and give things over to your spirit team. But you also have to be really precise and, and give direction. Like, what do you want them to do? How do you want them to go about it? You've got to, you know, learn that precision, like say what it is you want. Because sometimes when you actually start hearing the things that you want, you might be like, "Raw, that's mad still. And then you might recalibrate your expectations. But right now, if you're not really knowing what you want and telling them how to go about doing it for you or just telling them what you need, they'll figure out how to go about doing it for you. Um, then we can't really move very far. And I say that because the four of cups is the final card in all of this, which is saying that you're refusing help. You're refusing celestial help. You're refusing the help of your spirit guides because you're so in your zone of, oh, I'm doing this alone. I'm doing this alone. You're not. You're not. I promise you, if they even gave you one extra percent of the work that they're doing for you, ha, you'll fall down right now. You'll fall down right now on this ground, right? So understand that a lot of the things are being done. Your, your path is being made clear, even if it doesn't feel like it, even if things don't look clear to you right now. The path before you is being made clear. You just have to have that strength of character, that strength of um, spirit to be like, you know what? I don't know what the fuck is going on but I trust that it will work for my greater good. And please, can I be directed to the next best decision to make in my current situation? And just take it one decision at a time, one moment at a time. One moment in time. R.I.P. Whitney Houston. Um, I'm such a mess. I, oh my God, I'm such a mess. <laughs> Anyway, I pray that that message resonates with you. Um, yeah, I know that people would have looked at the title of this episode, especially who it's featuring. I haven't think, thought of a title yet, but you'll definitely know that it's featuring Yvonne Orgy. And you'll be like, bitch, get to Yvonne's bit. I'm tired of hearing your fucking shit. Get to Yvonne's bit. So, um, yeah, I'll say that that's that for the tarot. Anyway, I'll big up the first, or, well, the only uh, sponsor, am I right? I could be talking shit again. But anyway, I'll pick up this week's show sponsor who are linked in and then we'll jump into Share Your Magnificence. So thank you to LinkedIn for sponsoring this week's um, episode. Thank you. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get to the candidates worth interviewing faster and it's free. Um, I've been interviewing candidates for um, new positions at the studio, and mainly yoga teachers at the moment. I've been looking for a couple twerk teachers as well, but certain people want to try and move mad. Um, but we move. Um, just, yeah, looking at different people, looking at different options. And I can tell you that it is very, very time consuming 
to go through CVs and to be doing all of that. Anyway, you can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network with over 30 million people in the UK. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need. Use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So LinkedIn jobs helps you to find the candidates worth interviewing faster and you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com slash straws. That's L-I-N-K-E-D-I-N dot com slash S-T-R-A-W-S. Again, that's linkedin.com slash straws. So head over there and post the job for free. And obviously, terms and conditions apply. Anyway, let's get to share your magnificence. You all just keep sending letters and all of the things in. And I promise you, I know I say week after week that I'm trying to get through to them or get through them, but I really, really am. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm, I'm working through it. Um, if you want to send your letters or voice notes in, you can send it to sym at kalechiokafor.com. And I'm, if you're sending voice notes, please keep it to about two minutes. Some of you are really moving wild with your 10 minute voice notes. Trust and believe I just move it to the side because I can't come and kill myself in this life. Um, so the first Shay Magnificence letter I'll start with says, Dearest Kelechi, I hope this email finds um, doesn't just find you well, but eternally blessed, surrounded by Mother God and Father God's love and security. Yay, that's how I refer to them. I pray that you and yours are protected and looked after materially and spiritually. I'm writing to you to do something I rarely do. I'm going to praise myself. As a long-time listener, I have always loved your tarot readings and have listened multiple times because no matter the situation, they always drag me and remind me of the discipline of living in my spiritual truth. I have always been comfortable with the dragging because of childhood trauma. I find it easier to indulge in the feelings of inferiority than praise. So unfamiliar is the feeling that I don't even know where to start. Last September, I was not only depressed, but I was ready to die. Not only was um, pentatonic making it difficult to be socially to be a socially anxious black woman, but the flagrant disrespect from other communities in the face of our pain was weighing on my mind. I think fundamentally people misunderstand the impact of mental health struggles on black femmes. We live in a country not equipped to deal with the tragedy of the gaslighting, brutality and violence we grow up with. Most of us enter adulthood already traumatised and diagnoses never really capture the full picture. I'm glad that more black women are entering the psychological and neurological space and are able to speak and put our lives in context and um, context the demographics that have previously gatekept these spaces. Sorry, I'm rambling. I told you I wasn't good at this. <laughs> I joined Clubhouse in the hopes of finding people to talk to and connect with during a time that human company was spa- um, sparse for um, for me. It turned out that not only could I be myself, but I also found myself in spaces talking intellectually about the struggles black femme and non-binary folk experience in the context of sex work. I was confronted with the tropes about trafficking, which is not regarded as sex work because it is non-consensual, just like slave wages are not employment. From um, from that, I was to have conversations about um, no, I was to have conversations with many other amazing women about what feminism means in this context. 
Since the above, I've brought myself out of the clutches of depression and complex PTSD. I have been featured three times on Aloni's podcast. I'm on the most recent episode. If any of your listeners would like to check it out, of course, go and check out Laid Bear podcast by the baby girl Aloni, um, who I've also um, who I've always admired. I set up a fund to help black sex workers and we are, we were able to hand out funds to eight sex workers. The fund was not able to reach as many people as we hoped and I had added the GoFundMe link for the overall fund and a PayPal pool for a lady we've helped pre- um, previously but is, in, is now in urgent need of funds for therapy and rent. Should any of your listeners be so inclined to donate, we would be grateful. Um, I'll put the link for those things. I'll put the link um, in the captions of this episode. I've been asked to speak on panels. I've become more comfortable not only talking about my past relationship with sex work, but to be an advocate. I sit in a place of privilege because of the socioeconomic circumstances I grew up in. And now that I'm using my voice and that privilege is my calling. Thank you so much for all that you do as a Ben's Panani womanist sex worker ally. I loved your discussion on GBTV or GB News. Um, I pray your cup will always be filled and that ancestors not only look after you, but back up every cussing you send to the wayward. All my love, Shah. Thank you. Two slaps in your chest, baby girl. Baby girl. Thank you so much. Um, that was a lovely message. I'm so glad and proud of so many of you who are like now venturing into living your best lives because of you know some of the things tidbits that you've taken from this podcast and what you've gotten from the world at large like even something like clubhouse where it just descended into um, waywardness but in the initial stages it was really good to be able to connect with people and hear people's voices when everything filled uh, felt so kind of isolated so even if you haven't written into the podcast um, or we've never met, just the fact that you tune in every week or whenever you can and you're doing your thing, I'm so, so, so incredibly like proud and, and, and pleased for you that you're getting to show up in the world as you because that's what you deserve. That's what we all deserve to be able to kind of show up in this world as who we truly are and be celebrated for that. Um, so two slaps on you lot's chest, isn't it? So um, next, what do I have? Okay, I've got another letter. Uh, Let's see here. It says here, good morning, Kalechi. My name is Chanel and I work at Blueprint for All. We and three other organisations have formed a project called Love, Sex, Life, which centres black and minority ethnic sexual and reproductive health in Lambeth, Southwark and Lewisham. The specific communities that the partnership focuses on are black ones, African, Caribbean, British, Afro-Latinx, etc., Love Sex Life provides free community events to focus on really pertinent themes such as consent and what this actually means in an empowering way, STI, including HIV testing, and its importance, how different genders, age groups, and other intersectional identities within Black and BAME communities engage with sexual health so that the support, resources, and events that we offer are tailored in a culturally sensitive way. Very importantly, we provide training for healthcare professionals to reduce the disparity of treatment that Black and BAME people face when engaging with services in relation to their sexual and reproductive health. Often, the very thing that can deter our baby boys and girls and baby non-binaries from engaging with the healthcare services they are entitled to is the subpar experience they've had, expect or fear. And our project is making strides to educate and improve the situation for Black and BAME communities in Lambeth, Southwark and Lewisham. 
everything that the project offers is free and, beso um, and bespoke to the audience that we serve. And that is our greatest point of pride. We want to invite Say Your Mind podcast listeners to learn more by following at Love Sex Life LSL. Okay, Lambeth, Southwark, Lewisham. So that's Love Sex Life LSL on Instagram and socials and by visiting lovesexlife.org.uk. We have an exciting event coming up in November called Diva Village, which centres black women and black non-binary folk and the um, experiences of being disbelieved and not um, effectively supported when engaging sexual in or engaging with sexual health services. The event will be a safe space for the named audience and recommendations will be gathered from the event to further support the training of sexual health professionals. We also want to invite you to a Black History Month event held at the held by the Lewisham BME Network on Friday 29th of October at 6.30pm at the Stephen Lawrence Centre in Deptford. Details are found at blueprintforall.org slash events. Um, thank you for this and we hope to support your La Lambeth, Southwark and Lewisham listeners soon. Also resources that we can make you, um, also resources that we can, that we make can be used by Black and BAME communities, UK and even worldwide. Um, that's brilliant. Thank you, Chanel. So I will put all of those details about Blueprint for All. I'll include them also in the caption. So you've got lots of things for you to check out. You can check out the GoFundMe to support um, the person needing um, help, the sex worker needing help. And also you can um, go to the Blueprint for All event as well as, um, yeah, just following everything that they're, that they're putting up. So two slaps in your chest, Chanel, and the whole blueprint for all people them that are doing all the things that are being done. I love to see it. I fucking love to see it. And these are the things that I like. Like, I love being able to promote these things and um, talk about everything that's happening. Anyway, without much further ado, we are now moving into, um, we're now moving into the interview with the baby girl, Yvonne Orji. I cannot believe it. Imagine. I mean, I never got to be insecure in the end. I mean, I did say that I'd be a cashier or a tree, um, but I clearly wasn't needed for either role. Um, but it's such um it's such a pleasure to be able to talk with Yvonne. I remember I even say in the interview that I saw her at Soho Theatre when she was doing her um stand-up comedy tour and she came to London and it was great that the way that everybody showed up and showed out for her. Um it was such a beautiful moment. And to now be like I'm chatting with her and she's like, oh, I know who you are. And I'm like, rah, people, I'm so bait. Fucking hell, mate. I'm so fucking bait. <laughs> um, but um, bait in the best way. I mean, like, if you're going to be known, be known for, you know, saying your things, saying your mind and, you know, doing what you want to do in it. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about Bamboozled by Jesus, which is Yvonne Orji's uh, debut book, um, like memoir type book really really funny and I, you know what I like that she wrote it the way that she speaks that'll make sense to you when you read it but she literally wrote it how she speaks and I think that a lot of times when we're writing things especially when it comes to like writing non-fiction and you're writing a memoir or whatever whatever you go into this sort of voice this is my writer voice I am writing and it's like no fam just talk how you talk because the people who have followed you have followed you the way that you now talk just because you're moving into like the publishing space doesn't mean that you have to now start doing speaky spoky, you know? 
so I really like that and I I remember reading one review of the book and somebody was like oh she wrote it the way she speaks and I wasn't expecting that you know I found it jarring I'm like you're yeah you know why you find it jarring because you're a seasonless unwashed unwashed prick that's why you found it jarring because if you're hearing someone speak a, a particular way why would you think it's different when they're writing people are mad Sha. But um, I say all of that to say that I just love that she keeps that element of herself all the way throughout um, the book. And it's great because I love, you know, like celebrating everyone and all our different journeys and paths that we're on because we're all just out here finding our truth and finding the, you know, going deeper and delving deeper into, you know, the collective truth. So I really honour that about, you know, the different journeys that we're all on. And um, it was an absolute pleasure to speak with Yvonne. But I'll stop chatting now so you can actually listen to um, the interview. Enjoy! Yvonne Oji. Auntie Kelechi. <laughs> how are you? How far now? What did they happen? No shaking. Oh, no shaking. No shaking at all. Can you believe, like, upon, like, your name's very Ebo, my name's very Ebo, but I don't un- actually understand Ebo. You don't, you don't understand it or speak it? <laughs> no, no. That wasn't even Igbo. That was pidgin English, Auntie. That was just regular English with the Igbo No, but I'm accent. saying like, I, when people see my name, they're like, let your car for. Hey, ke kwanu, Igbo kwenu. I'm like, fam, I don't know. I know Obono soup. I know Obono soup. <laughs> but <laughs> so I will I say, your, your ke kwanu was very good. Though. I was like, hi, ke kwanu. Look at that. <laughs> I, I, I was the answer. <laughs> You have to be able to finesse the thing, but after Odima, I don't know. I don't know. No, but I'm so excited to be speaking with you. Like I've been a massive, massive fan of yours for the longest time because I feel like people don't really deep it. Well, deep it is our. I don't know if you guys have it. Do you have deep it? Maybe we even took it from you, and I'm imagining it. But I don't think people really clock the levels of how important it is to see somebody that looks similar to you just thriving and doing so on their own terms. And that's what you've been like from the moment I saw you as Molly on Insecure. I was just like, yo, that's that's my girl right there. And I saw you at Soho Theatre when you came on tour with your stand up comedy. Yeah, I was really laughing. Yvonne, I was really (laughs) laughing to the point where you looked at you were like, do you want to go on stage? Because you're laughing a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, that was probably the most black people Soho Theatre had seen (laughs) in all their ages because I was like, and all the Nigerians, today is your day. We are having yes. those come. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have to come and support. We have to come and support. And it's the same way that I feel like we have to come and support for your book that's already out. Congratulations. Bamboo. Thank you so by much. Jesus. Woo. Now, I've listened to pretty much every, no, all of the episodes of um, Jesus and Jalof with you and Lovey. And I think that that's such a fantastic dynamic. But again, it's what comes through so clearly about you is God's grace. Like, it sounds really weird to say, but it's like God's grace is so evident in who you are and how you present yourself to the world. And so you having a book that's called Bamboozled by Jesus. I was like, of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it tracks. It makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Or oh, don't worry, it's, it connects, it matches. <laughs> <laughs> I love but, it. Um, but the how how is that feeling so far we're gonna go for um what is it forward and then go backwards but the pandemic felt like a big bamboozling for us all and you write about that um as well so how has it felt so far like everything was going 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 you've written the book you've done all of this and then boom 2020 
Yeah. Well, first of all, before I even go, I need to tell your listeners that I'm a huge fan of yours too. You started recording after I was giving you your flowers. Talking about I'll be watching your Instagram and Twitter videos when you're just walking down somebody's London Bridge, cussing somebody out, giving the people all the, the business. And I'm just like, so I, people just clearing your pots, allowing you to Because I love it because you're exercising and then you're exercising your right to have a voice. It's just like, yeah. you know what? You better kill two birds with one stone. I love it. I have to give it to them because sometimes they try to pretend like we don't exist. I think that that's the wickedest part of all of this thing. Like people will see Britain and be like, oh, you guys have black people over there. And like, yeah. And we've been telling them for ages to behave themselves. Um, But yeah, I think that that was scary. Like I'm not a grateful black woman. I wasn't even expecting it to resonate with so many people in terms of that specific video, but it just goes to show that we're all out here. We're feeling the same thing. So that's why it's so important for us to truly see each other and celebrate each other. And as you say, like give each other our flowers rather than waiting forever and ever. So this is, this is me. We're not doing that. We're not waiting. (laughs) If I see you and I like to, Hey sis, you're beautiful. Like I don't got, listen, just out here shining I'm gonna I'm let you know but to answer your question no I think I wrote bamboozled by Jesus without knowing we was all gonna get bamboozled <laughs> very soon it was gonna be a collective bamboozlement whether or not it was by Jesus or by COVID or by whatever yeah he was out here and you know I think <laughs> I think that is the bamboozlement of God because he knew he was like yo this book is for people in a transition I've always mm-hmm. said that if you're in any kind of transition in your life it's 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 going to make the most sense when you actually read it because it's you never know what can happen but the things that happen they're not necessarily there to take you out yes. you know what I'm saying it's like when they don't take you out they will take you up and so mm. it, it it really is that thing of like okay god well what is what is this here to teach me and i'm not going to say everything is a lesson and what is it because sometimes something sucks and they just suck yeah. i'm like yeah, you know yeah. what? i'm not gonna add no faith to this it sucks but it's like also mm. like when you get past that moment, it's like, okay, well, what is this? What, what do I do now? And I yeah. think we're asking ourselves, what do I do now? And I think so many people, I don't know how it is in London, but definitely in America, so many people are saying, well, huh, the thing that I did because everyone told me that that would guarantee me success or that would guarantee mm. me longevity and lifelong, whatever, security. Yeah, that, that went away in 18 months. So what do I really do now? Like, what does it mean? And in my life, I've just been one to rock the system without, Mm. you know what I mean? Like in just, in terms of like, okay, you know, I'm Nigerian American gal. Parents (laughs) have these very specific expectations. And I just was like, well, I already know what that road leads down. Like I've seen the doctors with the, you know, the med school loans. And it's like, yes, they have the house, but it's like the two doctors. And so they're both on call. And it's just like, I know what that gets. Every once in a while, they may take a vacation, but like, that's so boring. No offense, but it's so predictable. It's just, it's Mm. very predictable. And I, I I just, I was like, I want more. I was like, this can't be the only thing. Like, it's not a bad option. It's kind of like when you like eat the same thing over and over and over again. It's like, I love leftovers, but like, dang, can I get some sushi today? Like, I I want something different. And, you know, I didn't know that this was different. I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't know how I would make this make sense, but Mm -hmm. It's the same way with like even getting married. Like I'm in my I'm in my 30s, uh, mm-hmm. proud 37 year old. I think I was like I would say my age, but you know, I, I at 25 I was seeing the the eye twitch 
dating girls yes. who weren't married. And it was just like, wait, what? And it's not a bad thing to want that, but I was like, there's got to be more. And for yeah. me, I was like, I want to enjoy singleness. I want to know myself fully so that when I attach myself to somebody else, I'm not looking for them to give me my identity or yeah. looking like, dang, I wish I did all of these things before I got married. It's like, yes, I want partnership, but yeah. I was willing to sacrifice what everyone expected by a certain age to get what I want now. And so now a partnership can come and it, it, it'll be different than what anybody else I know is experiencing. So, yeah. you know, when you lean into the bamboozlement, you might be alone for a while. You might, yes. and, and not like without a boo, but like you might be on an island on your own in the sense of like, nobody understands what the heck you're doing because yeah. it doesn't make sense. It's not normal. It's not the, it's not the way or the path that people expect. And so there are not a lot of people on that path. Yeah. And that's exactly what my mom would say to me because my mom was very, very adamant that, oh, Kalechi's going to be a lawyer. Kalechi's going to be a lawyer. So when I was just like, no, I'm still definitely focusing on performing arts school left there. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm going to also be a personal trainer while I'm in between like looking for acting roles, whatever, whatever. And it's like, ha, Kalechi has come to kill me. My friends, they've got lawyers, this, lawyers, that, but Kalechi doesn't want to be a lawyer, rah, rah, rah. Cut to now when I've got like a pole dance studio, I'm doing this, doing that. And everyone, she's telling them like, do you know my daughter? Go on, go on, go on. So suddenly the things that the things that were making them anxious about us are the things that they're now celebrating after the fact, because we had to stand our ground and be like, I understand that nobody understands what I'm doing, fam. I don't even understand what I'm doing, but yes. the source that created me understands what I'm meant to do. So I'm just going to go with that. Like, it, it just has to work. It has to make sense. Because you write that in the book about the fine print. Like, you're advising us when we're going to go on this journey of bamboozlement. Like, don't read the fine print because, Omar, your head will start to hurt. Omar, <laughs> <laughs> it will spin. Well, I, I love what you said. I love what you said because I think people think that they have to have the answers, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, like when your mom is like, you know, how will this work? You're like, I don't know. I don't <laughs> like, it's, it's like for Nigerians, we must know. We must yeah. know the end from the beginning, but we're not the alpha or the omega. In fact, we're, no. we're maybe we're, we're the beta. We're, yeah. we're the beta. <laughs> whatever the kata. I don't know what the C is, but I'm just making stuff up. But, you know, I think people feel like they have to have the right answer. So when someone checks them, so like, yo, how's this going to work? And to say, I don't know, to them feels like, ah, I don't, I'm not doing it right. No. Mm. When Noah was building the ark, like yeah. nobody, nobody knew the rain falling from the sky. He was just like, yo, God told me to put two of everything on mm. here. So I'm going to take this hammer to this nail. <laughs> and, you know, I write, the, I write Bible stories. Like if DMX were to write a, a Bible story, that's how I write Bible stories. So you're, you're going to get... <laughs> You're gonna get Gangstar, you're gonna get Harlem, you're gonna get, you're gonna get all the things. It's not your grandmama's Bible study. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think people just look at that like, well, you know, he lived in the days of God. No, almost nobody knew what that <laughs> Why are you putting two of every animal? What's uncle, what's going on now? Yeah, had yeah. For him. And he was just like, man, God told me to do this. I just shipping it though, I'm just gonna be out here doing what I'm supposed to do. And I think the not knowing part this is why i tell people not to read the fine print because you mm. can't know everything you may that you shouldn't know everything because if yeah. you knew everything you think you want to know everything if you knew everything you would be like nah sway nah I, I, god i don't want the blessings you can't keep exactly them. you can keep it i'm all right i'm all right who told you i wanted it i'm all right with mediocre thank you so much god but i think that, that is the thing as well like and i also think that when we don't know the thing our true character our 
are it's an like I think that the journey of bamboozlement is an exercise in integrity when the thing happens you then realize who the hell you are because you rise to the occasion but if you knew it was going to happen then I don't know if you'd rise in the same way I mean I'm talking about it like it's bread but you get sure get like you wouldn't rise (laughs) no you're absolutely I love this analogy and I wasn't even thinking about bread but I was like yes it's like yeast you must let the yeast bake now now I'm hungry now I'm like wait a minute I want some food Um, (laughs) please no but um no I think you're absolutely correct in in the sense of not only will you rise to the occasion because you know who you are, but you also know who's doing it. And so like, yes. it for me, it takes the pressure off. I mean, I enter stuff, I'm like, God, you not even want this life. I mean, 10 <laughs> years later, I'm like, God, you're not even asking this life. You, I've been living it, but God, I didn't want it in the first place, so fix it. Whatever mm. this nonsense is, I, take it. You know, like, I love giving God, I love giving God uh, the blame. I just like, God, I don't, you know, I was just minding my business. You told me to do this. And now this problem mm. came up. Uh, can you go ahead and make this clear the pathway because yes. what am I supposed to do I was just minding my what business and yes. so I think it's, it's just like it it takes the pressure off of you because so many people feel like with my own might with my own strength with my own smarts you're not that smart enough Ooh. I mean you're great but you're not that smart enough you're not yeah. that skilled enough you're not that talented enough you're not that amazing enough you're not that beautiful enough you're not any of those things enough you're a little bit of all of these things but yeah. even with all of the things that you are, it's still not enough. No, and not by worldly you... standards. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm always saying on the, I'm always saying on the podcast, there's all, like, you don't have to be the best to be the best. Fam, to have a pole dance studio. I'm not saying I'm the best pole dancer in the UK, but I'm pretty good at it. But with God's help, God was like, you're going to have your pole dance studio and it's going to be here and it's going to be there and you're going to shine, but you don't have to be the best to be the best. I think it's by being, by getting that special mercy and grace from God on a specific path that you're on. That is when like, whether people like, it or not you're going to shine and I and that's what comes across like when I was reading that chapter when you were talking about um when you were talking about that like I don't have to be the best at this in fact I'm aware that I'm not and I'm cool with that because I know I'm pretty great but when God is involved everything's settled everything that's it one day of labor one day of favor is worth more than a lifetime of labor and I think people just plat, especially the Nigerians. I, this year, okay, let, let me tell you right now, I'm telling your listeners, you can take my Nigerian passport if you want. This year, I made a decision to be less Nigerian in my, in my aggressiveness and mm-hmm. in my pursuits. And I know it sounds crazy because being Nigerian is, is what got me to success. Yeah. But God was saying like the things that worked to get you here won't work to get you there. Ooh. and so often we're like yeah but this worked and it's like yes the gra gra energy of nigerians as if they are going to balogo markets and <laughs> as if they are haggling the you know we like by any means necessary we shall always win Nigeria don't they carry last bam, bam. Yeah, yeah. like that energy i had and you know what in the season i needed that i had tunnel vision i was like i will not lose my pe- i know where my people come from like i yeah. had that like i will i will always be first class mm-hmm. and it worked. It, it did good. Now that I have fun in the process, I can't tell you what I did for fun in those years of grinding. <laughs> I was just grinding. And yeah. so now when I don't have to grind, grinding is all I know. 
And so yes. when my therapist is like, well, what do you do for fun? I'm like, fun, okay. Which one is this fun? You can keep one? asking about fun. fun. Uh-uh. I mean, I don't, I, I like fun. to walk. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I like to walk. She was like, no, like, that's what you do for a job. What do you do for fun? So at a, as a grown woman, I'm like rediscovering what really makes a life. You know, yeah. and, and and part of that was putting down that energy of like, go, 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 hustle, 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 because at some point you have to live, you have to enjoy and yeah. do less. And I, and God brought me into a season of like, okay, I want you to do less and watch how I'm going to give you more. I was like, hey, yeah. do less. How does that work? Because I know what it looks like when I put my strength to stuff. And it was hard. It, it was so hard in the beginning because I'm like, okay, God, would that have been more successful if I had to put my strength to it? And he was like, yeah. you still, you still looking for a way out, aren't you? you <laughs> to go back to the thing, you know, when I'm trying to yeah. call you into, you know, and so it's, it's this push and, push and flow, you know, push and pull with, with who we are, who we used to be with who we're being called to be. Ooh. And yeah, listen, girl, I'm gonna say that again for those who didn't hear it. It's this mm. push and pull with who we used to be with who we're called to be. Yes. And so it's like we're we're being called to a new dimension. No one will ever be the same after 2020. None of no. us will. No. None of us no. will. No. And and so we are being called to be a different, newer, higher version of ourselves. But so many people are dipping back into the old version of themselves. And so yeah. it's just like, all right, well, how does how's that working out for you? Yeah, because it's 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 a it's a kind of like paradigm that people understand. They're like, no, let's go back. You, I feel like watching like watching it in terms of even celebrity culture. People are trying to go back to what they knew, but that hierarchy doesn't stand anymore. When we saw you man spiraling because there was nothing there, like all of the things that we're holding, we had to let it go. So we're looking at certain people, thinking, see, like there's a new way that you could just be you and still share your talent and do this and do that. So I like that you said that. But what I also love is like kind of differentiating yourself from the character Molly. And I know that that must have taken a lot of strength as well, because people like to convolute these things. So when you cut your hair, you look amazing. When you cut it, I was just like, this is a rebirth. This is a, it feels like a rebirth, a reemergence, a reassertion of like, this is me. And you guys need to understand that this is me. And even in some respects, I need to understand that this is me and to be able to separate those things was is that also part of the bamboozlement journey like you said like okay um kind of taking ourselves away from who we think we are or who we are to who we're called to be well it's funny um it's, it's funny that you say i cut my hair to differentiate it and then Issa was like oh we love your haircut we're gonna add that in season four like, season oh, my like, oh my god oh my god but no i think it wasn't hard because i i differentiated myself from jump so yeah. I knew it, everybody else didn't know, but I knew yeah, going yeah, in, yeah. I'm not this guy, I'm a character. This is a character and mm. I get to play her. I get to tap into her and I leave her when they say cut or yeah. that's a wrap. And for, and I knew that because it was just like, and I had to know, it, 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 you have to know yourself. <laughs> that's why I talk about it in, in, in the book too, like towards the end in the book lesson uh, busy section. Yes. You have to know yourself before the blessings come, because mm. if you're not crystal clear with who the, who the you that you are, then when the blessings come, every, it will be so convoluted because then there'll be a price that mm -hmm. on your head. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, if you don't know, like if I didn't know who I was, when I saw them zeros on the HBO check, I'd be yeah. like, hey, 
Okay. <laughs> I don't even do this, but it's possible. No, I can try it. I can try it. And then I don't get can... a lot. God win. Yes. Hey, don't get a lot. God win. That's my dad. That wakes me up in the morning, first of all. Listen. Hey. Hey. Don't let me don't let me start. But yes. you know, I had you have to know who you are before the thing comes because it's too late to be trying to figure out who you are. Like I've seen these people. I know Ooh. these people, the unscrupulousness of by any means necessary, I will make it. And the crazy thing is I have made it. And when you get to the side of making it, yeah. you realize all of those things, sure, they help your life be comfortable, but there are people who have the comfort and they're not happy. Yes. They're not happy. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh no, God, that's trash. I don't want it. Like, I, I yeah. tell God very often, and I'm like, hey, God, the minute I am a depressed comedian, take me out the game. It's not yeah. going to be fun when I'm supposed to make everybody laugh, and I can't, I, I, I don't know what joy is for myself. Take me out, True. fam. Don't, I'm not going to do this. Um, it's like, I, I like to have a symbiotic relationship with who, the who that I say I am and the what that I say I, and the what that I do. And so yes. if, those two, if those two things are not in alignment, something's off. And so I'd rather, you know, Christine Kane has this amazing sermon about being developed in the dark room. And, mm. and she said, and I quote her in the book, if the light shining on you is different than the light shining in you, then the light shining on you will destroy you. Wow. That is so perfect. Do you know when something's just perfect, when something just hits, because that is what we see a lot. And then you're not ready. Not, it's not ready. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Oh my God. Wow. I need a moment. Wow. It's true. It's true. It's, it's true. true. As, you so say, people... as you say, we have seen it. We have seen it. And you feel for those people because it's just like, oh, this is this is tearing you apart because it can't match. It, it, it can't, it doesn't meet. Oh, yeah. But so many the same way that you watch all these movies or that you see people in real life, and you're like, so even with all the people that they know that mm. did crimes and didn't get away with it. And then they still thought, no, but it won't happen to me. How does that work? And it's yeah. just like so many people believe like, okay, well, I'll be different. You know, yeah. like I just want, I just want the light on me. I, it'll, it'll be different for me because I'm different. You're not different. Uncle, no. please. There are 8 billion people on this earth. The only thing that differentiates us is our, is our, is our addresses. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. True. You know what I'm saying? True. Yeah. And so people literally at any cost would be like, no, it's easy for you to say because you already have the light shining on you. It's like, nah, fam. Again, I I, I think God knew he could trust me because he was like, she don't even care about it. She don't even yeah. care about it. Like, she, yeah. after Instagram, I was like, so am I about to retire? Because <laughs> I'm done. I got my things. Bye. <laughs> like, you know, and my goals and my, it's like the dream, the goal, the dreams I had before anything popped off, they felt so elaborate. And I was like, God, when is that going to happen? Like, yeah. I would be like, man, one day I'm going to buy food. And like, if I don't eat it all, it's all right. Like, you know, like, just like, just <laughs> Just, you know, but, or, or like, God, I want to do this and I want to speak here and I want to perform there. And it's like, wait, I've done, I've, I've done, done all those. I bought, I, I bought yeah. the house. I got the, I got the thing, like everything, like right now, if, I, if I'm being honest, I have everything that I need, Amen. everything that I need, like Amen. in my, like everything that I need. 
that like I like that were wants so long ago that I was like, man, when would that ever happen? And it's like mm. I couldn't, I could barely afford rent that I was splitting with somebody. Now I'm like, I got a whole mortgage on auto pay. Like what the hell? You know <laughs> and you and you mentioned even pizza. There was a point where you were like, fam, I yes. can't even pay for this slice of pizza. But then literally the next year. The, the next, next year, your life is looking mad different, just in the best way possible. And when we say, won't God do it? That's literally God doing the things that you thought that couldn't, couldn't happen. But you yes, say in the and- book as well, like mantras, like your, your daily beliefs. You say, yes. I believe that when I seek God first, he causes everything else to be added onto me. I believe God has gone before me to make every crooked path straight. And this is, this is it. Look at it. Look at the, look at the path. It is. And, and and the thing about it is like, I'm not, I, and to your listeners, like I know religion has been used. It's funny. I'm watching this documentary on, on HBO Max now. And I'm like, yo, people really be trying to make themselves small gods. People yeah, really yeah, be like yeah. in the name of Jesus, just usurping power. And yeah. like, I get it. Sometimes the church, I like, I'm in the church and I'm like, sometimes the church, the church people make church trash. Like, but then I think about like, <laughs> I think about there's nothing new under the sun because Jesus had the same problem. Jesus was like, who do you think I am? You know, yeah. okay, he does without saying cast the first stone and they couldn't do it. So he's like, he's challenging the church who he came to be. Like, it's like, yeah. they didn't even know he was the thing because they're still trying to hold on to church. So mm. I, I know, <laughs> I know that people will look at this and be like, I'm good on God. I'm good on, t-. and it's just like, listen, I get it. I understand it. I'm not even trying to like proselytize to you and be like, well, this, I'm just saying like, this is, this is the anchor in my life. And mm-hmm. I, I tune myself out from the rubbish, right? Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm going directly to the source, you know? Amen. And I think the thing, the thing that bothers me, cause I see it now. It's like, I, as a celebrity, I, I'm just so turned off by the pastors who also want to be celebrities. I'm like, Sam, do your job, Biko, please. You just had like, one job. You had one job. Why are you trying to diversify the thing? Do your job. <laughs> and the people who are actually celebrities are just like, we just want, we just want to come to church, fam. We don't want smoke. Yeah. We don't want, we don't want the bells and whistles. We just want faith. We just, yeah. we want what it is that God put in you because we give you what it is that God put in us. Like, yeah. but, but now we try to, you try to be me and I'm just trying, I don't, why? Why? Yeah. Just please yeah. tell me. It's true. You know what I mean? And, and it's so, and I'm not saying, listen, I came up with the prosperity ministry. So I, I believe fully that like God will bless any and everybody, including pastors. So that's not what I'm trying to say. But yeah, 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 yeah. You just, you, you see the ones that you're like, you want to be famous so bad. So badly. Wow. So badly. Just calm down on Instagram, pastor. Take it easy. <laughs> not every day. Not every day. But no, I, 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 I love it. And I, I agree. And I talk about it on a podcast often, like not conflating, um, you know, religion, dogma, whatever, with just having a relationship with God. Like, and I can yeah. have a direct, um, direct relationship with God without the middleman. But um, to wrap us up, because I know that you're booked, busy, blessed. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say, like, um, you mentioned, you've mentioned on Jesus and Jaloff, and you've mentioned it in a book about, um, as well about when you were younger and being bullied, right? And yeah. so many other Black girls, people generally, but specifically Black girls, women have gone through the same thing. So 
what message, what kind of words of encouragement would you give your younger self now who is really not realizing that they're already on the path of bamboozlement in the best way possible and they're letting these little people that are kind of getting to them and tormenting them do the bamboozling of letting them think that they've got any power? I will never forget going into a store. I can't remember what store it was. I would have to be maybe eight. And it said, there's a sign on it that said, I wish my enemies live long so they can see what I become in the future. <laughs> and that's like the fact that I'm 37 years old and I remember that sign. And I remember the height of be, like being bullied, just like leaning onto that. I mean, I also had a Nigerian mom that was like, we did not come here to, for you to make friends. We yeah, came here yeah. for you to excel. And I was like, well, I mean, I want to make friends too. <laughs> but I think, I think she just was like, listen, you, you Beyonce, Beyonce said it, but she's like, best be veggies, your paper. And yeah. always stay gracious. But back then, Selena Oji was saying, just become something <laughs> with your life. <laughs> and, and these girls, one day, they, you will be their boss. And I was like, yes. I'll be their boss. We're in eighth grade. What the heck? What do you mean? <laughs> what um, am I doing? Yeah, yeah. What, about, what, are, what are they becoming in life? And what, what store do I own? But, uh, you know, she was right. She was speaking life into me because I am somebody's boss. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Um, but but to those, to those girls, it's, 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 when you're in it, you feel like this is it. There's so many, and, it, and it's not just even young people. It's like when you're in the midst of a dark situation, you mm -hmm. feel like this is it. This is so gangster. Like my life, like what? what? And it's because you're in, you're in the tunnel. You're mm -hmm. in the tunnel. And you, it, it's such a long one. You don't even see the outside of it. Yeah. But I will tell you, it is a blip. It is a moment. It is a space and time um that will quickly go away and yeah. it's it's up to you to not let the remnants hit you right it's like uh someone once told me like don't let it beat you twice mm. don't let don't let situations beat you twice right and yeah. so for me i i allow like th that the bullying the remnants of it still showed up as an adult because mm -hmm. I became a people pleaser uh, because mm -hmm. it was like, okay, well, I just, I don't want to say anything wrong. Cause I don't know what it was that caused them to bully me in the first place. So let me just make sure that I'm always mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, looked at in a positive life and favorable with other people. And it's like, it has taken me years to shed that to where I'm like, you know what? I'm just the me that I'm going to be. I mm -hmm. won't, everybody won't rock with me. And, and that's okay because mm -hmm. I rock with me. I walk, yeah. rock with, like, it took me time to learn the me, like to learn and love the me that I am to really understand who is me. And yeah. it's so crazy because you're just like, uh, how am I asking myself who I am as a grown up? And I've already accomplished things. Yes. What the heck? Yeah. So is my life a lot? Like, and I remember in quarantine, I listened to Bishop Jakes's message. I didn't know I was me. And it was the first time that somebody ever put those words together in a sentence that made sense. And yeah. he was talking about how, like, he was successful. He was doing all the things. And he was, like, still didn't know he was me. So, like, he couldn't, the, the interaction and the interface that he had with all of these things happening didn't have the same weight for him as it did for other people looking at his life because he didn't know he was him. Yeah. And so for all everybody going through a situation right now where it feels like it's the darkest moment in your life or you're being, you're being attacked in some way, it's like, it's, it's a moment. It yeah. will pass. Yeah. Get to know the you that you are because in the midst of the noise, you know, okay, this is the truth. Yes. In the midst of the noise, you will find the truth. And that is the, when the Bible says the truth will set you free. I didn't really connect the dots, but the truth is the thing that'll have you be like, 
Y'all can keep talking. I'm gonna be out. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> out. Talking. I'm no, out. Yeah. Right Enjoying my life. Keep talking because you know yeah. that's that's a freedom. That's a freedom to not need to like. Okay, let me defend myself because if I don't, no matter what you no. say, it won't matter. So you might yeah. as well just be like, hey, did we, did we do okay? Do we need to? reassess the situation is there any truth in what these people are saying the one and it's like if you check with you because you know you so well and you realize that you is okay continue move up move out move along my friends move mm-hmm. along yeah. with your life yeah. yeah yeah that is a word you are just you're everything everything Yvonne everything that is an absolute word because it's, it's literally everything that I would usually say when I'm um, you know talking on a pod about you know things like this it's knowing the true you and holding on to that and thank you for sharing you with us in your vulnerability and your transparency in every channel that you use whether it's the book um, whether it's a podcast whether it's um, through your acting your stand-up comedy big up your mum you know like <laughs> I just love I just love seeing that and um you know now you've mentioned having everything that you've you know felt as a need now you you know that you have but I pray that even more that you haven't like envisaged comes your way through God like you deserve it like you've been doing all of the things and you're still here and we freaking love to see it thank you I received same to you I was like I don't have I I need the husband because that is the one that was a want so if you're in London if you're wherever you are listening to this uncle just you know slide Slides, slides, a little bit. I'm someone for my number. No, don't do that. Don't ask my mama for my number because I'm like, who is this person? Who's a mecca? Who's and why is, is he a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I still desire that, and it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's it's just the next level of the bamboozlement. Watch in the That's most it. random way possible. The best person is arriving. I, I received that and I believe that book number two coming soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> have a good one. And there you have it. My interview, brilliant interview with baby girl, Emmy nominated, stand up comedian, actress and author, Yvonne Orji. It was such a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Two slaps on your chest on your journey of bam- of bamboozlement um it's it's just it was just amazing absolutely amazing great time um i love it fucking love it um yeah just fucking love it just love to see the growth and i really literally cannot wait because at this point um when insecure basically returns next week in it if we're listening if you're listening to this at the time that it's out that means that insecure ah! insecure's back next week oh my god <laughs> oh my god I can't take it the last ever season I'm gonna cry I'm gonna cry I just know it'll be beautiful I just know it'll be beautiful and I can't wait to see how they've incorporated Yvonne cutting her hair into Molly's journey I know that that'll be extra cute um but yeah man I'm excited for all the things and that was all the positivity anyway let's get into all the fuckery um with so you mad um just looking at all of the things that are happening, current affairs, pop culture, all of the things that are just random things that catch my eye. Um, we're going to do a follow up from last week's So You Mad, where I was talking about Jesse Nelson and the black fishing. And at that point, we did know that Nikki was planning to do an Instagram live with Jesse. And obviously, that Instagram live did go ahead. 
and it's really disappointing it's just really disappointing to see just black women moving mad but then again when they wear colored contact lenses i don't know what more you can expect um expect from them barbs calm down yeah fall back relax take a chill pill go and finish your studies um yeah it's just wild like it was just so irresponsible of um nikki to have jesse on instagram live and they're speaking to like what over like a thousand and something hundreds of thousands of people over a hundred k people i think were on that i could be wrong i can't remember the number um i'm always shocked by that ratio you know because people can have millions of followers and then when it comes to instagram live it's like a hundred thousand but maybe that's normal because i guess like if you have like thousands of followers when i go on insta it's only like you know maximum up to a thousand people that i've ever seen like on a live with me or whatever so yeah maybe it's just a normal thing i don't know anyway She's on with Jessie now and Jessie insisted on having her shirt hanging off one shoulder. And that really, I'm sorry, that really irritated me for the entire time, looking like the Bride of Chucky. I didn't understand why that one shirt, that she was wearing like a flannel shirt and then she had on like a white bra or some kind of vest top. And then the one shoulder of the one, um, the flannel shirt now needed to hang off. And it stayed there the whole time. It didn't shift, it didn't nothing. It just felt so like, contrived i mean the whole thing was contrived but it was just annoying and i felt to be like oh yeah no um i wasn't black fishing this is my hair this is my curly hair it's just my natural curly hair it's always weird to me when white women are like oh this is my natural hair stop trying to steal terms one firstly but also um no that's not no that is not no that is not my dad has curly hair like this first of all your dad needs to have hair your dad needs to have hair um it was just a, a lie after lie after lie. She's like, oh, and I don't even wear fake tan to do, intentionally do anything. Um, I was in Antigua for three weeks and, you know, this is just how I turned out. You're a liar. You're a liar and you're a vagabond. You're a liar. Because first of all, if the Antiguan son can do all of that to you, you need to what? Go and see a doctor. I don't know which kind of doctor. Maybe you've already seen Dr. Miami. Maybe you need to see Dr. Phil. He's wayward. I don't know. I may, At this point, maybe you can see Inyanla. You've already dar- darkened yourself um, enough. So maybe you can be a, um, what is it? Um, a contender for having a sit down with Inyanla. Inyanla Van Zandt. Maybe that would be good for you. Um, but she was just there like, oh yeah, I've got dark because um, I was in Antigua for three weeks. No, you didn't. And also when people lie, can you be consistent with your lie? Because your friend who did your deep tan, she even said that she used the shade dark for you, posted your picture and posted that this is what she done for you. So why is there the need to just tell unnecessary lies, whether it's your hair, whether it's your skin? And then she even went as far as to say, oh, even when I was in a group with Leanne, Leanne would say, are you sure you're, you don't have black in you or black in your family? Because you're getting darker than me in the sun. What? I mean, I don't even know whether Leanne said that or not, because like I said, in my opinion, everybody's mad. Um, and it turns out from, from what Nohan was saying that he said that the, the, um, the DMs weren't fake. So, hmm, well, but again, I don't have any, everybody can do what they're doing in it. It's not my business in that way. I'm just facing my front, but I don't see any sort of like innocent per se parties in all of this. Um, so that's one thing. So I guess like, if you're going to be like, oh, well, well, we'll get to that in a, in a second. Anyway, 
So um, she's like, oh, Leanne said that, you know, you must have black in your family somewhere because you're, I want, I didn't want to say black in her because, yeah, that's an obvious one on the nose, on the nose or on the clip. Well, anyway, um, so she says that and I'm just like, again, with all of this, oh, I get so dark in the sun, I get darker than you. First of all, fuck you. I said first of all so many times, it's probably sixth of all by now, but no, really fuck you fuck you. I hate that comparison because it's always, oh, I don't see colour, I don't see colour, but the moment the sun comes out, ha ha, nigga, I'm darker than you, you nignog. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. I don't care for it. I don't want it, right? Um, But the whole Instagram live was just a mess and it was just like, Nicki Minaj was like, oh, um, if they're gonna get on you about, like, I can't even do her accent. It's like, if they're gonna get on you about, like, black fishing, black fishing, then we need to talk about that, you know, black girls have the long wigs, the blonde wigs, the blonde hair, and the colored, the colored contacts. Then none of us can do any of that shit. What are you saying? What is going on over there in the petty menage household? The pet menage household, the penage household. What's going on? But, and then, obviously, as always, people wheel up the pictures of the Melanesian children, like, oh, black people have blonde hair too, and these coloured eyes. Those children are so tired. They want to be left out of these conversations. You just wear your wig in peace and leave the Melanesian children alone. They, like, leave them alone. And it just feels like we're talking about Yvonne um, Orgy's book about the journey of bamboozlement. But it's like Nicki Minaj is really trying to bamboozle us in front of our eyes. First of all, focus on what your husband's doing and the charges against him that you're now implicated in. Focus on that rather than trying to get us to think that it's okay for Jessie to be doing what she's doing because everybody wants to make their pee. Everybody wants to make their money, you know? That is part of the problem. She wanted a distraction. She wanted the outrage. And then she sets in on Leanne about, oh, um, you're a clown. You're a clown. If you would do that shit and you'd be sending texts and da-da-da-da-da, then you're a fucking clown. And then Jesse's sitting there like one Christmas goat waiting to be slaughtered and just staring in the screen. Like, you are complicit even when you're silent. And then at a certain point, she started laughing now when um, um, Nikki's speaking patois. You're the same one that was like, how, what's, how do you say um, bacon? How do you say bacon um, in the Jamaican accent? Beer can. Beer. Like, you're so cringe. And then she's cracking up, cracking up. You didn't even understand a word of what she said. Oh, yeah, no, this is me. This is how I've always been. But I didn't get to be myself in Little Mix. This is how I've always been. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because you're like, oh, I've always been into hip-hop. I love hip-hop. But then she said Lil Durk or whatever. And then she said Young M.A. And you were, your eyes were just there, looking. Because you didn't know. Staring like Bambi. You didn't know who she was referring to. But you love hip-hop, Abby. You better hip-hop on out of here. God. God. You love hip-hop, but you could disrespect it in such a way that you're doing all these caricatures on, on the lowriders and, 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 I don't know, that Union Jack bandana... Like, oh, God, you're not even, it's not even a case of when, like, um, Jerry Halliwell left the Spice Girls, you know, this one is Jerry will not be well, will never be well, you know, like, don't, don't do that, don't do that, don't lie to our faces, don't lie to our faces, and that's what I think is interesting, like, you man was saying that when you were in a group with her, she was blackfishing already, and you brought it to her attention, but 
it's only now that you want to say something now anyway they've got their own single coming out anyway so everyone can sort out their own Nicki Hagar but I just feel like it's disappointing what Nicki was trying to do um and just say yeah no you do you don't listen to the haters you do you and rah 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 but the thing is once that single once Nicki's moved on to promoting the next single you're going to be left flailing in the wind and you will have no one to back you nobody to help you back your chat then what are you going to do um, oh, I want to um, ap- apologise to anyone that, I've, um, that I might have offended because this is just me. Rah- oh, go away. Go away. I just find it all so tedious. Like, Itchy Azealia did it before. Um, talking about I'm a runaway slave master. All these sort of lyrics. Like, people are just playing in the faces of black women constantly. But then now when the re- revolution happens and black women start slapping all of you up, everybody will be crying, but just know that you asked for it, you're gagging for it, gagging for it, um, so yeah, I saw that, anyway, let's move to the, um, from one wayward person, one liar to another liar, the one who tried to bamboozle the British people, Matt's hand in the cock, Matt's hand on the cock, wow, 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 a story in two acts, is what I would call it. Yeah, a play in two acts. Wow. Hmm. The fuckery is the thing. <laughs> Woo! So anyway, um, Matt Hancock what, resigned. Remember when he was grabbing batty crease, when he was grabbing spine and lips in in his offices, not realising that a, cam- um, a camera was watching him um, with his aide, the one that was married to the guy that owns Oliver Bonus. Um, or is it Bonas? Oliver Bonas! Um... So anyway, Matt Hancock made, um, uh, tweeted, when was it? On the 12th? I think it was the 12th of October. And he said, oh, hey, bitches. No, he didn't say, hey, bitches. I'm paraphrasing. But it basically said that he's gotten a new role and it's very, very cute. And there's nothing that any of you hosts can do about it because he's living his best life, even if he had to resign as um, uh, the health minister, minister for health, um, even though he had to resign. It's fine because he's got a new role, hose. He says he are honoured. This was at 6pm on the 12th of October, 2021. Honoured to be appointed United Nations Special Representative. I'll be working with the UN and ECA official to help African economic recovery from the pandemic and promote sustainable development. When I say this motherfucker got ratioed, yeah, hmm. Whoa, he got ratio to Bumba. What do you mean you'll be working with the UN, the United Nations, to help African economic recovery from the pandemic and and promote sustainable development? Bitch, where? Have you even helped Britain? You you that was chopping money. You were chopping money left, right and centre. Own jail, own jail, own jail. You are chopping money left, right and centre. Like the British people could not see anything. Nurses, all of them people there were asking for PPE. You said PP, nah. All of of those things were happening. And then now you want to now stretch your long forehead and your thin lips and your long throat to the people of Africa. To say that that's where you now want to go and find yourself because you want to help with economic development. You better go and economically develop hell. The fifth circle of hell where you belong, where your re- where your residence is, go and develop there. You have no business being in Africa. I'm so sorry. You have no business being there. And obviously, a lot of people felt the same way because he got dragged up and down, left and right. 
ooh baby hit me one more time we hit him how many times 3331 quote tweets you got your ass handed to you so he tweeted that on the 12th of October felt really cute about himself and this is why I say like oftentimes I don't I don't even know maybe the contract or everything was already signed sealed delivered but God said this is not yours and took it back um all we now see is at um that um newspapers on um or the media outlets start covering the story that he's not doing that anymore it says here former health secretary matt hancock has um had a job offer from the united nations withdrawn mr hancock announced this week that he had been given a role helping africa's economy recover from covid the un said he would bring a valuable experience but Mr. Hancock now says a rule has come to light that prevents him from taking the job while an MP. You're a liar. Why do people, oh my God. <laughs> Why do people like to lie so much? Why do people try to lie so much? They knew you were a whole ass MP. There are other MPs that also have similar roles doing uh, doing whatever they're doing. You're trying to, they're trying to spin it for you, baby, but they can't spin it for you. They can't. All they're doing is scratching up the track. They're scratching it up. Nobody can spin this for you. It's unspinnable because why? The embarrassment is the embarrassment and you've just got to live with it. You've got to live with it. You've got to swallow that L the way that you were swallowing that woman's tongue yeah when you're cheating on your wife um he said um leading figures across africa and uk opposition parties had criticized the un's choice of the mp for the role um on tuesday the former health secretary tweeted a copy of the letter from un undersecretary general vera Songwe, offering him the unpaid role he was congratulated by former cabinet colleagues including foreign secretary liz truss um, Housing Secretary Michael Gove and Culture Secretary Nadine Dorries. But the West Suffolk MP faced a backlash from critics on social media who pointed out the fact that a highly critical report from MPs on the UK government's handling of the pandemic had been released on the same day. And Mr Hancock's new role came four months after he resigned from his cabinet post for breaking social distancing guidelines by kissing a colleague. Kissing a colleague? Well, anyway... Anyway, let me not even start. He had been planning to continue as a Conservative MP while working as the UN Special Representative on Financial Innovation and Climate Change for the United Nations Economic Commission or Commission for Africa. The UN has now told him the appointment is not being taken forward. Mr Hancock said he had been honoured to be approached by the UN, but it later wrote to him to explain that the UN rule has subsequently come to light. <laughs> they literally had to find a reason they were like oh baby we are scrambling for something something but you can't have this role no 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 he added since i'm committed to continuing to serve as mp for west suffolk this means i cannot take up the position i look forward to supporting the uneca in their mission in whatever way i can in my parliamentary role um no no no, it's, it's, it's not a rule that anybody knows about. You just weren't going to get the thing because it was actually brought to light that you were one of the people who actively stopped um, um, the continent of Africa and other, I think, India as well. You stopped other people from being able to develop their own vaccines during the, the height of the panoramic. You were stopping them from being able to do that. You were blocking their efforts to have their own um, vaccinations and things like that. So how can you want to help with the economic development of um, a continent that you were actively trying to um, diminish their growth and diminish their health 
um, because you wanted to do what you're doing. And some people were like, yeah, but it's an unpaid role. And I just think that some of you are fucking stupid sometimes. I've really got to say it. You're really fucking ridiculous, right? Because you, one thing you need to understand about Western society is that money comes after title. People in this life, they can die for a title. They can die. Why do you think people are chasing MBE, OBE, boom, boom, B, baby B, up and down? Why do you think that they're chasing all of that up and down? Because title comes before the money, yeah? Money comes after title. People want to, they can eat a title in this life. They cannot have a five a day of their fruit and veg, but you know what they can have? A title, a motherfucking title, because that sense of superiority, that sense of feeling like they're somewhere in the hierarchy of things, oh, everybody gets hard over that, you know, oh, they get a whap just over thinking about having a title. So while it's um, listed as the role being unpaid, the amount of access and influence that he would have means that he would get money from elsewhere, right? And that is really what they're doing. And by the time that they've paid you for doing this, paid you for doing that, even if they're not paying you a salary in your official capacity, they're going to have to cover certain costs and do certain things that that is where you're going to get your money from because no one's trying to take these roles for no reason. Unless he's got his eye at some point on being foreign secretary. So he's like, well, if I get this, then that looks good on my CV. A lot of these men are just career politicians. They're just looking at how can their CV bang so they can be in the international space eating that real big money, not on, not any of this small change that they're having just from being MPs, they want a big, big box, and that's where they're all trying to set themselves up, <laughs> case in point, Preeti Patel, she's been doing that for a minute, so the fact that it's unpaid, it's not the issue, it's the influence, it's the access, it's the power that it would give him that we should have a problem with, he's going to get money from doing what he'll be doing within that role anyway, this is somebody that was a proven contract from his fucking Gmail account and not even using his official governmental account, if he can swindle the kind of money that he swindled from the British people, what the fuck do you think he's going to be doing with somewhere like Africa where people are already trying to bleed it dry? And I really want to have a conversation about who the United Nations, who the fuck they think that they are, because also that's an imperialist construct, this kind of hyper-paternalistic kind of structure that's like, oh, we need to protect Africa from itself because it just doesn't know what it's doing. We're here to kind of put everything in place. Sometimes you see some of the meetings that they're having and there isn't a single tanned face, there isn't a single black face to be seen because it's just one of the leftovers from imperialism, you know, and and they'll be appointing each other to these roles um, to look after a continent that they have a deep disdain for and only bother to tolerate it because it literally fuels the rest of the world. Um, so even that in and of itself is a problem. Like, who the fuck are you to be appointing Matt Hancock to do anything, to do anything, not talk less of something to do with Africa, to do anything, why are you all appointing yourself to do shit, why, why, and this song way, somebody, go and sing your song elsewhere, like, just go away, I just, like, who didn't do their check already, like, why would you offer someone a role that, that had fucked up in this way, so majorly, I talked about um, white men failing upwards, this is a perfect example of that, like, just failing anyhow, and this Vera Songway, a black woman, but she's giving me um, Kemi Badenoch vibes where you're just doing anyhow. Just doing anyhow. 
Um, Vera Songwe is the first woman to head the UN's Economic Commission for Africa at the level of Undersecretary General. So uh, in that role, no, you know what? Her braids are actually a bit fresh, so she's not going full chemi. But I just don't understand how you can be in a role that you're, um, you're, you can be in this role and it's Matt Hancock, fucking Matt Hancock that you thought, yeah, you know what, that's who I'm going to bring in. And we really even need to have a, a conversation about the World Bank because that's where she um, joined in 1998, where she worked in what is it here, Poverty Reduction and Economic Management Unit, uh, unit covering Morocco and Tunisia. Um, the World Bank is also a farce and the way that they keep holding um, countries that had the cheek to want independence from their imperialist masters um, um, or, you know, they call them masters, the, the thieves that arrived in daylight, um, holding them in these stupid, quote unquote, third world debt, like that's the World Bank is responsible for that. And I just think it's all just very mad. The perception of money um, the idea of money and how it's used against people who are black, basically. Um, but yeah, I just I just think it's very, very weird that um, she would choose Matt Hancock and then be like, oh, oh, sorry, realise that he's a fuckboy. So no, no, sorry, we'll take that back. We'll take, we found a rule. We found a rule as to why he can't do the role. It's just all a mess. It's just a mess. Um, so that was taken back. And I also see that other people were trying to take their things back as well, because um, the people of Ethiopia are asking Britain to return their fucking things. It says here, um, there are they are hidden religious treasures that have been in the British Museum stores for more than 150 years, never on public display with members of the public strictly forbidden from seeing them. Now hopes have been raised that Ethiopian um, tabots or tabots looted by the British after the Battle of Magdala in 1868 could finally be returned home following a new legal opinion and an appeal backed by Stephen Fry, the author Lem Cisse and the former Archbishop of Canterbury, George Kerry. The um, wood and stone tabots are altar tablets um, considered by the Ethiopian Orthodox Church as the dwelling place of God on earth and the representation of the Ark of the Covenant. They have, everyone agrees, huge spiritual and religious value for the people of Ethiopia. A letter has been sent to the British Museum trustees, signed by supporters, um, including Rupert Everett, actor Rupert Everett, um, and the British ambassador to Ethiopia, Sir Harold Walker. It says the museum has acknowledged the sanctity of the tablets and has never put them on display, allowed them to be studied, copied or photographed. Instead, they sit in the vaults in the vault where they, rem um, they remain over 150 years later, unknown to the vast majority of people in this country. It continues, we believe that today the British Museum has a unique opportunity to build a lasting and meaningful bridge of friendship between Britain and Ethiopia by handing the tablets back to the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. A number of attempts have been made by Ethiopia to get the tablets returned, but the museum argues it is forbidden by the British Museum Act of 1963 to restitute objects in its collection. But you made up that, oh fucking hell, fucking hell. Imagine if I stole something, I come to your yard and I steal something and I take it to my yard and then I tell you that there's now a law in place that means that I can't let this thing go from my yard because it's got to stay here now because I've stolen it, finders keepers. That's basically what your B British Museum Act of 1963 is. It's basically, sorry bitch, finders keepers. I, I keep telling you, I know it's recorded, 
don't give a fuck. I don't give an eck. I don't give a damn. Let me make billions in this life. I don't even want billions. But let me say, like, let me make a shit amount of money, like a shitload of money in this life, yeah? I promise you, I will hire the best thieves in the world. I mean, the second best thieves, because like I've already said, Britain are the best thieves. Um, I will hire the best thieves in the world to come and take back people's things and hand it back to the countries. Yeah, you'll call me Robin Peckham. Yeah, not even Robin Hood, because I already know Peckham is the hood, but I'll be something like Kelechi Hood or Robin Peckham. I don't know, but I'm not robbing Peckham. I'm robbing this England. Anyway, I'll give people back their things because this is actually ridiculous. You stole somebody's fucking shit. You stole their shit and then you're telling them, oops, sorry, I can't give it back to you because I've put this rule in place that says I can't give it back to you. You, you can scrap your law at any time. And this is a perfect example that just because something is law does not make it morally correct, does not make it ethically sound, right? Just because it is law. Slavery was also law, right? So don't keep telling me, oh, but that's the law and that's unlawful. No, because the law was made up by people and people are flawed and they're mad. Everybody is fucking mad. You're telling me I can't have my shit back because you've decided that I can't everybody's getting slapped up i'm so everybody will get their ass handed to them because you're fucking ridiculous wow you can't have it back because i've got it now do you know how wild that is you actually deep how wild that is but actually what i'm going to say to you is that this isn't the only thing that i feel like they're holding not just the um the ethiopian orthodox churches um tablets it's not just those things that they're holding right i feel like the reason that this country can have everybody in such a um, chokehold for want of a better term it's because there are spiritual artifacts i know that they even have it from from the yoruba people there are spiritual artifacts that they have that have so much power that they hold these things in vaults that allows them to keep doing the fuckery that they're doing and should they hand these things back i'm telling you this com- this country will crumble this country will crumble People like to talk about, oh, I don't believe in rituals, I don't believe in this, I don't believe in that. But if you've gone to the Tower of London, didn't, didn't they clip the, they say it's superstition and it's not a big deal, but they clip the, what is it, the the feet or whatever, of, or the wings of the bird. Is it, is it, who is it? Is it the crows or whatever that's there, whatever, magpies? I don't know. But then black birds anyway. And they say, like, if they go, then the Tower of London will crumble. So they've clipped their wings so they can't go anywhere. And I believe that the way that they've clipped their wings is the way that they've clipped the destiny of a lot of the people of this country. Because they know that should people's eyes start to shine and they realise what the fuck is going on, they won't stand for it. And everything will have to change. And people don't want that. And that's what I love so much about Lovecraft Country. I'm so pissed off that it didn't get renewed. Because, like, white people have magic. White people have magic. And they've been practising it for a very, very, very long time. But they now told you about Christianity and said that, boom, this is what we've been focusing on. Don't worry about that other shit. And told people to move away from their own indigenous cosmology um, in order to follow this particular brand. I'm not saying all of Christianity, this specific brand of Christianity, to follow this specific thing that will keep you in a specific mindset for however long while they continue their rituals. And those rituals are things like holding other people's spiritual artifacts, holding them in vaults and not letting them have it back. Because you know that if they have it back and the power returns to those people everybody's done for everybody's absolutely done for because i'm talking about everybody in the sense of all the wayward people and there'll be a restructuring and um a realigning of power that they're not ready for and honestly that's what i think it is because sometimes i just genuinely don't get how people are this wild like they can how can you not see what's happening 
it's weird to me. It's very, very weird to me. Anyway, that's just my wild theory that I just felt that I would share with you all because you know that I have all of these things going on in my mind. Um, but yeah, that's that. Anyway, Start Your Motors will be back um, next week because then we've got the Texas Grand Prix, the USA Grand Prix. We've got that. Actually, like next year, 2022, we're also going to have the Miami Grand Prix as well. So I think that they're going to have to change this name to like the Texas GP or keep it as the Texas GP. You can't just call it the USA Grand Prix anymore because we're going to also have another race in the USA. In the USA! Yeah. Um, so yeah, Start Your Motors will be back next week. And I'm looking forward to that race. Let's see what happens. Um, I'm sure it will be wild. Um, but yeah, let's move on to straw of the week, aka suck your mom. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. So first off for straw of the week, I just wanted to say um, rest in peace to Agnes Tirop, Agnes Jebet Tirop, um, who was a... Um, record-breaking Kenyan runner. She was an Olympian. Um, she ran the 10,000, um, yeah, I think she ran the uh, 10,000 metres. Um, on Wednesday, it was reported that she was 25, year, um, 25 years old, or was 25 years old. She was found dead with stab wounds in um, her town um, in Kenya, um, where there were the training facilities for runners. Her husband, Ibrahim, was arrested 400 miles away um, and taken in for questioning because he's likely to be the one who um, killed her, allegedly. Um, so basically, um, yeah, I just, it's so heartbreaking because it's just like, this is, ah, uh, wow, this is somebody that trains, trains, trains. She got the bronze medal, it says here, in 2017 and 2019 for the 10,000 meter races at the World Championships. Um, she broke the world record last month in the women-only uh, 10-kilometer road race, um, logging a time of 30 minutes, one second in Germany, which was 28 seconds faster than the previous record. Imagine, like, you can be running, 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 and you, you still cannot outrun violence against women. You still cannot outrun male violence in this world. You cannot like, and this is the thing when people talk about um, being excellent and you're excellent, way, excellent your way out of domestic violence or excellent your way out of the violence that you face um, as, as a black woman, as a woman. You cannot. You cannot. And something really needs to be done. So a big, massive straw to that motherfucker, um, her husband, who um, we are sure killed her. Um and rest in peace, baby girl, rest in peace. And um, I'm so sorry that the world, this, you know, this life did you like this. Um, and I pray that you find and have eternal peace. Um, so the next straw of the week, let's see what I've got here. The next straw of the week, I've got a letter. Let's see. Let's start with this letter. It says here, Dearest Kelechi, it's titled The Waywardness of Cheshire, A Straw's Application. Your application has been approved. Dearest Kelechi, I would like to start by saying that you really have changed my life, whether it be your tarot and um, tarot readings, tarotting, the way you drag people as they deserve to be dragged or highlight those divine baby persons that deserve to be highlighted. You empower and embolden me. Two slaps on your chest, baby girl. I'm a black woman born and raised in Cheshire. I um I wished uh, I wished to enter the town of Nantwich, Crew and Sandback. Is it Sandback? And quite frankly, the whole of Cheshire East for straw of the week. 
bias. Uh, sorry, this is the, this is for the stifling levels of ignorance and unconscious bias that people of colour in Cheshire are quite frankly drowning in right now. I have a toddler and a newborn. Congratulations. I'm used to being the only black person in the room, the building, within a five mile radius. But I discovered that I needed additional support to get me through pregnancy, childbirth and maternity. Uh, when I joined the mainstream mummy groups, they were white centred in every way. I felt lonely and misunderstood at best and completely isolated at worst. I decided to start a Facebook group called the Black Mums of Cheshire, a group that provides support for black and brown mothers so that we can seek solace in our shared experiences, culture, values and seek support. So far, we have uh, we have over 100 members meet regularly. We have arranged a Halloween and a Christmas party where we are excited to meet Blanta this year. <laughs> Black Santa. So the straws. The mere existence of the group has created quite a stir amongst the white people of Cheshire. The backlash I've received has caused me to change my name on social media. The abuse I receive in my DMs is disgusting. The white people of, she of Cheshire are mad. I would like to dash straws to all the wayward people who accuse me of reverse racism because I have the goal to create a space that doesn't include them. Straws to all the idiots who request entry into the group. Profile pics looking like Karen with a Union Jack background. The group is not for you, Karen. I know that's hard for you to comprehend because you're not used to not owning every single space. Straws to all the white middle-aged men who are the most mad at our group's existence, ranting that this is segregation. You're isolating yourself. Try to assimilate better. These men really want to own what women, especially black women, do with their time. Eerie levels of misogynoir. The audacity to level accusations of not assimilating is maddening when no supermarkets want to stock our food slash hair products, no schools want to teach black history or anti-racism, and no hairdressers want to learn how to do black hair. Pissing my ras flat teeth. Straws for the fools with their imagine if I created a white mums of Cheshire group. You don't have to. Your groups are already white anyway, which leads me to the straws for everyone who gives me their unsolicited advice of you'd be better to open um, the group up to everyone so white women can learn how to support you. I see nothing being done from mainstream mummy groups to address the total lack of inclusion or to educate themselves on racism experienced by mummies of colour so that we might feel more understood. Black people shouldn't have to put themselves in emotional harm's way to educate white people. More straws to the ALM crew and their skin colour has nothing to do with being a mum colour blindness. Tell that to the NHS five times more and the black women who are continuously medically ignored, dismissed and pay with theirs or their baby's lives. I'd like to end this by saying that if any of your black or brown listeners are from Cheshire and feel that they would benefit from the safe, welcoming and representative, um, represent, uh, representative community that we have built, so please look us up because the group is going nowhere. Because of you, I'm owning my angry black womanhood um, because why the hell not? Thank you, Kalechi, for all that you say and do. Sheila J.B. Wright on Facebook anyway. <laughs> I love that name change. Um, yes, thank you for sending that through. Thank you for sending that through, Sheila. Two slaps on your chest. Um, because that's also magnificent. Like, you need to stand your ground. You need to stand your ground. And these motherfuckers can fuck off. Like, nobody's concerned when black women or brown people, whatever, feel ostracized in certain groups in predominantly white groups nobody cares 
Nobody cares. You just have to deal with it. You're the one ostracizing yourself. You're the one isolating yourself. And the moment you go and create a group for people who look like you, suddenly there's a problem. And the thing that's interesting is that white people rarely take the time to think about the way that they, um, without having to think too much about it, automatically create spaces for themselves and people who look like themselves. They automatically do it. Um, and so when other people aren't coming, everyone's scratching their head like, oh, but why aren't they coming here? Because you 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 made it clear in even all your um your promote your promo stuff, the videos, the pictures that you use, that it's not for them. So why would they now come? And then when they do come, everyone's moving mad awkward. So they're not going to stay. So then they go and create a group consciously. They have to be conscious in creating their group because it doesn't happen automatically within this white um, society. They consciously go and create their group so they can feel seen, that they can feel supported. And suddenly it's like, no, I want access to your group. Why are you doing your own thing separately over there? Well, because you're not allowing me to do my thing with you. So I'm going to do my thing over there. Well, I want access to your group. No, because this now is not for you. This is a safe space for us. Like, why people are just not used to being told no. And I just think that it needs to happen way more often than it does. No, no, no. When you say no, 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 no. I'm never going to say yes, 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 yes. That was really bad syllables. Anyway, um... So that was that straw of the week. I totally agree with you. A straw for the entire Cheshire East. You can all go suck your mothers um, who are part of these um, me- um, white mainstream mummy groups and they don't want to diversify. Um, then the next letter. Wow, just lots of letters. But I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to get through your letters rather than just leaving them sitting there um, or only picking a few. Um, Hi, sis. It's been a while. I hope you're well and your blood pressure stayed reasonable this week, even though the bullshit happening from this week was a mess. And personally, my blood pressure is soaring. Let me explain my so you mad for this week, because yes, I'm fucking mad. Lol. I'm very, very irritated and pissed off by the lack of consistency I see from the Twitter crew. Um, You put straw slash SYM submission. So I'm going to, well, this is in straw of the week because that's where we've gone to. Um, one, on one hand, I understand that public figures have a duty to seem empathetic and diplomatic when something tragic Bjorn, happens to someone as nasty as um, a particular MP. And for any that disagree, check their voting records. They did not give a fuck about you, especially for the black figures. I get it and I respect the hustle. However, on the other hand, it absolutely baffles me when people take it to a level of bootlicking and showing that you are better, taking the high road and having compassion for those that will never afford you the same humanity. It disgusts me because it shows that you lot aren't really serious. This whole forget your politics, violence is never the answer rhetoric makes my blood boil. Suck my actual black ball sack and bathe, God, and bathe in acid because it is his politics that actually got, um, well, yeah, that got my man six feet under. I understand being obtuse and that being obtuse is free, but please, so is finding sense. Find it quickly. You're not actually about it. You pretend to be revolutionists, but in actuality, you want their acceptance. Hence why um, you still mourn them and afford them respect whilst I'm sure they do not not blink twice after Grenfell. And I'm sure many long backs were still being caressed in uh, Parliament, even after such a genuine tragedy um, when they shouldn't uh, when they should have been focusing on their jobs and removing the cladding still prevalent in the UK. I'm sorry, but I want better for you lot listening. This is a dog-eat-dog world and you taking the, you taking the high road when it comes to those that will see you die and not care for a second. You need to free yourself from this Stockholm syndrome you've got. 
It's giving, I don't want to say it, but rhymes with spoon. <laughs> Sometimes you have to sink to their level because they will indeed murder you in the history books and, and in the history books say that you enjoyed it and did nothing. Do better. Thank you. Um, if this is too brutal for the podcast, I understand. I had to get it off my chest. No, I mean, I read it, but I read it. And, you know, I feel like as news channels like to say, impartiality, right? You get to share your views and whatever else. And um, it is what it is. I'll reserve my comment. I'll reserve my comment because if I start to speak, people will say that I'm speaking. But I just want to say that I see right through some of you lot. And you know that it's always possible to say nothing. It's always possible to say nothing. You don't have to condone violence, but at the same time, you don't have to act like, oh, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, I've already said too much. I've already said too much, right? Let me leave it there. But thank you for that letter, baby boy. Um, and then my last letter um, is from, let me have a look here. What's this last letter to wrap us up and then we're out of here. Um, Good afternoon, Prime Minister Okafor. I hope you are well and I pray you had a well-deserved restful birthday. I wanted to thank you again for sharing your wisdom and energy with us and truly never taking your crock off the government's neck. <laughs> I felt pushed to write to you today because I've just seen something that absolutely incensed me. I graduated from Exeter Uni in 2018 and had no strong desire to stick around because the middle class, racist and generally backwards culture is so entrenched. I don't believe any true progress would um I don't believe any true progress won't immediately be backtracked I've just seen um I've just been made aware of a new student society called Exeter Students for Life whose sole purpose is to provide a community for anti-abortion individuals to feel self-righteous about their fucked up opinions and determination to police the bodies of others. It came as no surprise to find that three out of the four committee members are men and the society is firmly rooted in Christianity. The main Exeter Christian Union and the um, the main Exeter U uh, Christian Union had the absolute worst vibes. So again, no surprise. I'm grateful for the fact that only one of my acquaintances from that time follows them and all of my actual friends are just as angry as I am. There are several societies and groups promoting and celebrating safer sex. There was even a whole annual safer sex ball event while I was there. So to see that the uni is also probably funding and supporting the existence of a group such as this makes no sense. I'm watching out for updates from friends who are still local and will be wholeheartedly supporting any action taken forward. Horrendous behaviour, well deserving of at least 229 way straw. For each of the followers of this group. Well, I hate to say, but the group has now grown from when I had a look last. I'm going to pray and ask the universe what the fuck is going on and cleanse my palate with some good food. Love and eternal blessings to you and your wonderful family. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I went and had to look at the group. I just, I really don't get like anti-abortion groups. I really, really don't get it. Like they wrote this whole thing that on one of the posts, I couldn't get past one post that sounded so like, Trumpian and so like white evangelical I just thought oh mate fuck off like just go away and again it's as you say like that whole policing of people's bodies like if you've already got a society and you've had freaking balls to celebrate um safer sex why now do you now need to come and add something so aggressively um kind of like forward in terms of like oh anti-abortion we're now going to have a whole group that focuses on this and then three out of four of the committee members are men what what is your own and we're talking about cisgendered men what is your own there 
What is your own there, you fools, you pricks? What is your own? Yes, I agree. The store has to increase to about 400 because I think that's what the number of followers were on before. Like, people are just a mess. Like, people are just doing way too much with the absolute least. But that's that for this week's episode of SYM anyway. I feel like we've gotten through so much. Thank you for link, uh, to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this week's episode. Thank you to Yvonne Orgy for being a wonderful guest and talking to me about her book, Bamboozled by Jesus. Thank you to all of you for listening. Um, and yeah, you can send your letters to sym at collectionyourcarpool.com. You can follow me on at collectionyourcarpool at sayyourmindpod. And I think that's about it. Watch out for my Instagram and Twitter for um, some bits that I'm posting in the next few days of what all the wonderful little projects that I've been doing behind the scenes. So you can support that, amplify that. I love the way that you all support me. Um, there will definitely, definitely be tarot reading, one-to-one tarot reading dates for November. That's definitely going up because I have um, a little bit of space in my timetable for mid-November, I think. So I'll, I'll start popping up some dates um, soon, very, very soon. My patrons, uh, don't worry, I'll be giving you some, um, your um, your extended like tarot readings. I'm going to be posting that now that I can just do an audio file and post it up. It's perfect because it's like an extended tarot reading uh, or an extended podcast rather. So I'll pop that up as well. But yeah, that's it. I have been collecting your car for. This has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck your mum. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman. It's baby boys, baby girls. You need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down. Receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are gonna sip it. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find. And she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind. Say you mind.